love surrounds me There's nothing to fear now For I
Monday morning, <clears throat> Monday morning this past Monday, uh, it was about 7 or 7, 10 in the morning. <clears throat> and the Spirit of the Lord woke me up 
uh, and now you need to understand, I go to bed about 2, 3 in the morning. So I had hardly any sleep. I was yawning and, and uh, you know, yawning back and forth. And, and he wakes me up and he begins to, to give me words and sentences and phrases and thoughts. And they just, they were pouring upon me there in bed. And, and, and I just started praying, God, give me another two or three hours. I'm tired. I've done that before. And he's usually, if I ask for two hours, he gives me two hours. And, and, and I'm tossing and turning and praying, Lord, two more hours. And then, and, 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 and no, the more I prayed and the more I tossed and the more I turned, the more the words kept coming, the thoughts, the sentences, the concept. It was, and, and they were about holiness and revival and fasting. And, and after a while, I realized that the Spirit of the Lord had met me in my room that Monday morning. And, 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 and energetically, I got up and grabbed my cell phone, and I, I began to type what he was telling me into my phone, typing it, what he's saying, typing it and typing what he's saying. And then I would, I would email it to me so I can later on copy it somewhere else and then type some more and type some more. And that happened about four or five times, and I, got, I was so excited with what God was giving me. And, and I, in fact, I was so excited that I had, I had sent a text to Sister Patty, who the night before uh, sent me this text, may you rest in him tonight and experience sweet sleep. And so I felt led to send her one of the very first ones I got just so excitedly. Um, I, I got good rest that night because I woke up to a sweet voice speaking into my spirit. God is faithful. God is faithful. And, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know, as I, I didn't know how, as I began to think about this day and the, the sermon for today, I, I didn't know exactly the approach that the Holy Spirit would have me take. I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't, I, 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 I had no guidance, I had no clue, I don't even know if this is a message today, I don't even know if, if I, I, I don't know, I don't know where he's going to go with this, but it was just weird because I had nothing at all, and then all of a sudden on Thursday evening, the Spirit of God told me, you to, you, you are to, in, you are to give instructions on the concept of fasting. That's what he told me. I'm wrestling with a thought and what to bring. And, and he tells me, oh, I had a sermon on fasting I wanted to bring. He said, no, you're not going to bring that sermon. You're, bringing, you're teaching the church on the concept of fasting. And when he told me that, I, wanted, I just want to say I'm sorry to the leadership of this church. And I want to say I'm sorry to the church uh, because I should have been done this. I should have been done this. The truth of the matter is that, that I've practiced the concept. I've practiced fasting ever since I came to Christ. Fasting is such an important principle in our lives. It's so important. And I've practiced it. In fact, on Sunday mornings, on Monday morning, Mondays for the last three years, I've been fasting with Brother Caleb. Thank you. And, 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 and I do fast for some of you. Believe it or not, I fast for members of my church when there's a need in their lives. And so um, the whole concept, in fact, there were years when I would fast the first three days of the year, January 1, 2, and 3, 72 hours, no food, no drink, nothing. So fasting is very important. So I want to apologize uh, to the church and the leadership for not bringing this before, the concept of fasting. And, 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 you know, maybe you're here today and, 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 and you're not ready for this. Or maybe you've not been waiting for this or you're not looking for this or you don't even believe. But I just want you to know that if you're here today, God, God wants to minister to you. He wants to speak to you. 
And if you're here today and, 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 and you're not ready for this, my, my question is, if the Spirit of the Lord wanted to speak to you today, if the Spirit of the Lord wanted to move in our midst today, would you allow him to do that? Would you as an individual say, Lord, here I am, work in me, speak to me, move in my heart, move in my life. That is so important. That is so important to what God wants to do in our lives. He's faithful to his word. I had mentioned from this pulpit several times already, uh, I, I, I trust you'll remember this. Several times last year and several times this year already, the Spirit of the Lord said that because of the times that we're living in, because of the conditions of our world, because of the mess that we see today, there, this is our times are demanding a move of God. Our times are calling for a move of God. Our times are calling for revival. And I mentioned, he's mentioned that... <clears throat> That all throughout Scripture, time and again, Old Testament, New Testament, when things look bleak, when things look hopeless, when it looked like the devil was winning, when it looked like God was taken off his throne, when it looked like there was no hope for our world, uh, God would always, all the time, show up. I've mentioned that. He shows up when, 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 the, when the church is ready to give up, when we don't know where to go anymore, when we don't know who's in charge or he's in control, who's in control anymore. God always shows up all the time. You search the scriptures, Old Testament and New, God always shows up in a time of spiritual deadness, even within the church. He shows up. And so I want you to know that God is faithful. Are you ready for God? Are you hungry for God? Are you longing for God? Are you expecting God? Are you calling upon God? Are you bowing before God? Are you saying, God, have your way in me if you are indeed God? Would you please stand with me and join me in prayer? The title of our message today is up on the screen when prayer is not enough. Let's pray. I want everyone to do me a big favor. I want you to hold someone's hand. I need you to hold someone's hand. Whether you know him or her or not, hold someone's hand. And I want you to, to just pray for that person. Just start praying for that person. All of us, just pray. You could pray in your spirit if you're not comfortable praying out loud. But I want you to pray for that person in the name of Jesus. Just start praying. God, the Holy Spirit, will guide your prayer. He'll tell you what to pray about. Just start praying in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning and we bless you and we praise you and we thank you. And we invite you, Spirit of the Lord, to have your way. We invite you. We, we surrender. Lord, we surrender our hearts and our minds and our thought life to you in the name of Jesus. 
Father, I pray in Jesus' name that doubt and fear and worry and anxiety would be left outside the door in the name of Jesus. I pray for every hold and every trap and every lie and every deception of Satan to be bound in the name of Jesus. I pray that his activities and his voice and his interceptions, Lord, and his interactions would be bound in the name of Jesus. I declare the blood of Christ over your church. I declare the blood of Christ over the recordings. I declare the blood of Christ over the internet. I declare the blood of Christ over his and her life in the name of Jesus. I pray for the sound room and the recordings. I pray for the microphones. I pray for the speakers. I pray for everyone seated in this place right now in Jesus' name. I pray for myself. I pray for the leadership. We surrender our hearts to you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, forgive us that we've blocked you out and left you out of the picture so many a times. We invite you today to teach us and to minister to us and to speak to our hearts and, and to meet us where we're at. I pray that you would soften hearts and unclog ears and open eyes and, and move amidst us in the name of Jesus. That Christ Jesus would be exalted. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you do best. You know the word that she needs to hear. You know the word that he needs to hear. God, you know where we're at spiritually. You know of the, handi the handicaps, the struggles, and the challenges, and the conflicts, and the attempts of the enemy in Jesus' name. You know of the weaknesses of the flesh. You know of the weaknesses of our lives. You know of the struggles. You know of the things we've not surrendered. Holy Spirit, would you quicken our hearts regarding your holiness and regarding your will and regarding your word and your power dear god we pray and we bless you we anticipate your presence we invite you by faith in jesus name amen 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 <clears throat> I'm going to introduce you to two books today. I recommend getting them. I really do. The Coming Revival. It's by Bill Bright. It's called America's Call to Fast, to Pray, and to Seek God's Face. To most Christians, fasting means giving up candy bars or sodas for Lent, or perhaps going without fatty foods and sugar as part of a diet. The very thought of not eating at all can send chills up their spine. Because prayer with fasting is not a usual practice in churches today, believers quickly shy away from it. Me fast? Go without food? Starve myself? What possibly for? The early church followed in the footsteps of our Lord and the apostles with prayer and fasting. But by medieval times, fasting as a discipline came to be frowned upon. Believers saw it as a severe ascetic practice better suited for monks in monasteries. For a century, fasting has lain rusting and forgotten in a dark corner of the church. Fasting as a discipline, except for those who know its special benefits, is still frowned upon today. In our time, the idea of fasting and prayer uh, does not enter the mind of most Christians. Bible teacher Derek Prince says fasting is a lost key, a grace that is found through all the pages of the Bible, yet it has been set aside and misplaced by the Christian church. <clears throat> and church, it is true, right? It is true that, that biblical fasting 
for spiritual breakthrough, for the most part, seems to be a thing of the past. Um, has anyone ever come up to you and said, hey, I'm, I'm fasting for you. I'll be fasting for you, for your surgery. I'll be fasting for you, for your health. I'll be fasting for you, for what's going on in your life right now. I mean, we're good at saying I'll be praying for you, and prayer is very important. But fasting has, for the most part, become a thing of the past in the Christian church. And I pray the Spirit of God begins to change. I believe he is because we started this last year. But regardless of what has happened, right, regardless of what is happening with regard to, to fasting, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you this morning to throw that out the window, to pay it no mind, and let's listen today what, what the Word of God has to say with regard to fasting. Let's listen to what God's word, let's reinvent, let's bring back the whole concept of fasting. So what I want to do today is, is I want to share with you just a few of the many passages that the Holy Spirit has left for us regarding fasting. I want to share a few of them, and then I want to share with you some testimonies or experiences or convictions of mighty giants of God of, of yesteryear. <clears throat> And then next week, part two to this message, um, which is the week before Communion Sunday, and that's not coincidental, um, we're going to get our feet wet, metaphorically speaking, regarding some important steps regard, uh, with regard to fasting. So today I want to talk to you about that. But before I go get into that, <clears throat> this is the second book that I want to introduce you to. It's called Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough, A Guide to Nine Biblical Fasts. And I want to share those with you in a little while. And it's by Elmer Towns. <clears throat> Let me read what he has a warning in his book in the beginning of this. The fasts suggested in this book are not for everyone. Consult your physician before beginning. Expectant mothers, diabetics, and others with a history of medical problems can enter the spirit of fasting. Please hear this. Can enter the spirit of fasting while remaining on essential diets. We'll talk more about that next week, I think. While fasting is helpful to many, the nature of God would not command a physical exercise that would harm people physically or emotionally. Bill Bright says this. By the way, he forwarded that book. But he says this. <clears throat> the author... That is, Bill Bright is not a medical doctor, and it is not the purpose of this book to address in depth the physical, medical aspects of fasting. The author recommends that anyone beginning a fast consult a physician before doing so. There are some people from whom, for whom a fast because of medical conditions would not be safe. We'll talk about that more next year. There is an exclamation point with that, unless dot, dot, dot. We'll talk more about that next week. <clears throat> but before we do that, before we get into this, I want to give you my seven, seven, um, <clears throat> seven steps or seven reasons or seven things that fasting is not. Seven things that fasting is not. Number one, fasting is not merely not eating. I don't eat breakfast almost every day of the week. I'm not a breakfast person. Um, but that's not fasting. Sometimes I try to sound spiritual and say I fast every morning, but that's not fasting. 
It is not a manip manipulative attempt to somehow appease God so he can give you what you want. That's not fasting. It is not done for the purpose of losing weight, though you can lose weight, but that's not the purpose of fasting, not biblical fasting. It is not because of an upcoming blood test, though all that's important. That is not biblical fasting, spiritual fasting. It is not to prove that you are spiritual or more spiritual than others. It is not to necessarily be declared as of in boasting. Though there is a place for corporate fasting in the Bibles, many of them, uh, it is not necessarily to declare and boast that you're fasting. And it is not a guarantee that God will always answer as you want and hope him to. That is not biblical fasting. So fasting is a discipline. It is a commitment. Sacrificial and for the intent, in, the intent, the serious spiritual intent and purpose for spiritual breakthrough. Fasting is a surrendering of self and of giving of self of over to God. It always carries a purpose, a divine purpose that is ultimately going to glorify God and bring about the move of God in someone's life, whether it's yourself or someone you're praying to. Fasting is a cry out for God to meet you in a way that, that he hasn't met you. It's a cry for a circumstance or situation going on in your life that prayer is just not working. Yes, we'll learn that in the next two weeks. Sometimes we need to do more than just pray. And sometimes we pray and we run up against the war and I've prayed and I've prayed and nothing. So I want to read to you these, these um, powerful books, two powerful books on fasting and prayer and Holy Spirit intervention. God bless you. <clears throat> the disciples fast. Fasting for freedom from addiction. If we fast, we can break the besetting sins that limit a life of freedom in Christ. I won't give you the verses, um, but I can if you want me to speak to me later. The Ezra fast. Fasting to solve problems. If we fast for a specific purpose, we may solve a debilitating problem. The Samuel fast, fasting to win people to Christ. If we fast and pray for revival, remember that word. If we fast and pray for revival, God will pour himself on his people. The Elijah fast, fasting to break crippling fears and other mental problems. Through fasting, God will show us how to overcome negative emotional and personal habits. The widow's fast, fasting to provide for needy, for the needy. When we sacrifice our own physical needs, God enables us to focus on and provide for the needs of others. The saint poor fast, fasting for insight and decision making. The Daniel fast, fasting for health and physical healing. The John the Baptist fast, fasting for an influential testimony. The Esther fast, fasting for protection from the devil. If we fast for protection and deliverance from Satan, God will deliver us from evil. Nine dynamic biblical fasts intended to see a breakthrough, a spiritual breakthrough and moving of God if we want him to. He's faithful to his word. Amen. Up on the screen, our springboard text for today is found in Joel chapter 2. 
I'm not going to try so hard not to preach from this text today. I want to say this, that the book of Joel is a powerful, powerful, powerful book. And if enough of you ask me to bring a series from there, I will. But we're talking spiritual revival. We're talking prophetic word. We're talking the move of God in his, the lives of his people. Verses 12 and 13 up on the screen. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with fasting. Return to me with Yes, fasting is in there. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Hallelujah. What a powerful verse. One thing, if you ask me to preach from this this book, which I would love to do, you have to promise me you'll memorize these two verses. Powerful, powerful verses. <clears throat> so he says, uh, he says, rend your hearts, not your garments. See, see, what God is, what God is, is not so much the outward appearance. It's always what's going on on the inside. See, um, God wants to change the inside, and when God begins to change the inside because we're rendering our hearts, when he changes the inside, then the outside begins to take care of itself. But by changing the outside, we're not changing the inside. And so no matter how good we look or how well we dress or how well we do our hair or how, you know, we fix our faces and our bodies and exercise, no matter how much we all do all that, if we've not allowed God to change the inside, we're still the same person just with a different exterior appearance. So he says, rend your heart, not your garments. And sometimes our works, right, our, our external works do not correspond to the conditions of our hearts. And so God is calling for the heart. In verses 1 through 17, what happens, in, 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 in verses 1 through 17, what happens is that um, Joel, he, he blows the trumpet and he calls the people to a warning that was going on. So you see they were attacked by a destructive uh, swarm of, of locusts that were debilitating the land. And they were eating all the crops and, and everything, all the fruit that was to be born. They were eating everything. And they, it was an army of locusts. This is a powerful powerful book and, and 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 they're destroying everything and so the people of God were in trouble there's their means of survival there's their means of nutrition and food they were in trouble the people of God were in desperate trouble because of these locusts imagine God can destroy this world with locusts by the way they will be here in the end times they're already here in some places they're in Israel they're in Africa google it they're around. They're getting ready. <laughs> and, 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 and so the people of God are in trouble. They're desperate. And, and, and God is displeased with them. He's unhappy with them because of their outright disobedience. Church, sometimes God allows calam calamity to bring about spiritual surgery. You know that? He allows conflict. He allowed, allows things in our world to happen that sometimes we look and wonder, why is that happening or how did this happen? And, and, and little do we know that God allows what happens often to bring people to repentance, spiritual surgery, internal surgery, heartfelt surgery. 
where God begins to change the interior of people, not just his people, but we need it as well, but people in general. A call for revival, a call for repentance, a, a call for confession of sin, of surrendering it all over to Jesus. And then in verses 18 uh, through, through 27, then, then in the next verses, he calls upon, well, let me, let's, let's look at verse 15 up on the screen for a moment. Notice verse 15, right? He says, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. So he, he's saying to fast and, and to pray and to repent and to surrender and to confess. He says, call a holy fast, a holy fast. This is a biblical fast. This is not fasting to lose weight. It's not fasting to, to see the doctor. It's a holy fast where we, where we seek the face of God and where the Holy Spirit prompts us to, to feel uncomfortable and uneasy and grieving and grieving and grieving about sins in our heart and sins in our lives and things in our lives that, that don't please him, that, that he's uncomfortable with because he's holy. He's holy. See, we can't rob that from God. He's trying to rob from us or take from us our, our lack of holiness and fill us with his holiness. And so what he does is in verses 1, in chapter 1, verse 13, what, what Joel does is he blows the trumpet and he calls, he calls the priests to fast, I mean to pray. He calls the priests to pray. But over here in chapter 2, verse 15, he calls the entire nation to fast. He calls everyone to fast and to pray and to seek the face of God. And to turn from wickedness. I would imagine that uh, as they read this, they were reminded of that passage of Scripture in Second Chronicles 7.14 of the stipulations and the promises of God. Does anyone know that verse? Second Chronicles 7.14. Who knows that? Hallelujah. They must have heard that. They must have thought about that. They must have said, hey, you know, that was written. That was written over here. Hey, I heard that before. I've heard of that before. And so he caused the entire nation to a fast. And then, um, um, so what happens in verses 18 through 27, the Spirit of God himself begins to speak. God now intervenes and begins to speak, and he brings a message of hope. You see why this book is so powerful? It's, it's, it's awesome. This is just one, two verses, <laughs> this dynamic. And so he intervenes, and he brings a message of hope. And he, he tells the people, he promises. And then look at, look at verse 18. Put that one up there, verse 18. This is God intervening. Then the Lord was jealous for his land. That God's heart was, was burdened. God's heart was touched for the people and the condition of the people and their hearts and their land. He was burdened for them. And it says that, that for the land. And, and he took pity on his people. God took pity on his people. And church, from there on, God brings a prophetic message 
uh, of the Holy Spirit coming. And that was partially fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, right? Partial fulfillment right there in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit came upon the church. And the book of Acts is the book of the Holy Spirit began to move. So he promises this coming of the Holy Spirit partially fulfilled. And guess what? It's being fulfilled right now in the lives of the men and women that are hungry for a move of God in their lives. God is still pouring out his gifts. God is still giving his church talents and abilities and gifts to accomplish the calling of God. That's part of this fulfillment. And it will continue to be fulfilled until the second coming of Christ. And you can read about that in the 24th chapter of Matthew. And so God intervenes. Joel calls this holy fast. He calls a holy fast, not just for the leadership, but for all the people. Fast and pray and weep before the Lord. Confess, repent before God. We're in trouble. These locusts are destroying our land. Imagine that. And then God intervenes. Fasting plays an important part. He said to pray in chapter 1 and verse 13. It wasn't working. He says to fast in chapter 2 and verse 15. It worked. Verse 18 makes that clear. Fasting. Daniel chapter 9. I'm just showing you on the screen. You'll see the reference. I'm going to read the words to you. The reference. Daniel 9 verses 2 and 3. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. They were contemporaries, by the way, as well as Ezekiel. That the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him. By the way, they were already out of Babylon at this point. They are now under the jurisdiction of the king of, of, um, of King Darius. So he says, so I turned to the Lord God and I pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. That is, he mourned before God. That, that's a, a period of mourning, sackcloth and ashes. I mourned. I was mourning. I was weeping. I was crying out. I was in agony before the Lord on behalf of his people. I was fasting. Prayer was not going to be enough for Daniel. And he knew that. Matthew 6 and verse 16. Up on the screen. No words. I'm reading the words. When you fast, this is Jesus himself speaking. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. That's what I mentioned. One of the things of fasting, it is not to brag or to boast to someone else. So I want you to notice Jesus says do not fast in this way. So it, it, it's pretty accurate that Jesus does not command the church to fast. But we see in this text that he does encourage, that he does certainly expect the church to fast. He expects us. In fact, in chapter 9 and verse 15 of Matthew, he insinuates the need to fast. He insinuates that his church will be fasting. This is Jesus. Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3 up on the screen. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, Please hear that again. While they, the disciples, were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit, he was prompted to move. And he said, 
He's not a force, church. He's not a force. He is a person. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. After they have, so God told them, this is what I want you to do. They could have easily just done what God told them to do. But they went and fasted and prayed. They brought it before the Lord. They didn't just pray, hey, let's pray, lay, hold hands, pray for each other, and off you go. No, let's fast and let's pray. Because prayer was not enough. Would you please hear that? Prayer was not enough. Matthew 4 and verse 1 up on the screen. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, this was Jesus. Please hear this. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he, Jesus, was hungry. Jesus fasted. Jesus knew the importance of, 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 of laying it all down and seeking the face of God. This is Jesus, the one who in John 13 says, I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. He's the one that washed the disciples' feet as a servant. He's the one that fasted. He's the one that walked into the waters of baptism. He's the one that sought the face of God. He's the one that taught us how to pray. He taught us how to seek the face of God. He taught us how to, how to, how to reach the lost. He taught us how to love God. He taught us how to reach people. He taught us how to be selfless. He taught us how to be faithful and committed and devoted to God. And he taught us how to fast. Jesus, he's faithful to his word. Yes, the Bible has so much. By the way, over 70 times in the Bible, old and new combined, there's a message on fasting. 70 times. I've just shared five. So we have another 65 sermons to come. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but, but uh, I just, just want you to understand the importance of fasting. It is, it is a lost art. It's a lost art. It's, it's not practiced unless it's to see a doctor. It's not practiced unless it's to lose weight. The motive is not biblical. And God calls his church to fast. And I do thank the elders and the board members who started fasting. Last year, we started at the start of the year where the coffee machine was off and unplugged. And without any water, and where people were encouraged to be conscious of the fact that some people are fasting. And this year, we started it with the entire church. And listen, uh, God is faithful. I believe that some of the things that are happening in our church and that are yet to happen is because a few have begun the art, the biblical art of fasting. I want to read to you now some powerful statements Powerful thoughts from spiritual giants. This is not on the screen. <clears throat> giants of yesteryear. I could have mentioned uh, Billy Graham and uh, <laughs> Jeremiah, David Jeremiah and uh, Oswald Smith, and they're all out there. Charles Finney, Charles Spurgeon, I think there's one of Finney here. But when exercised with a pure heart, please hear this from these men who had experienced the art of spiritual fasting, biblical fasting. When exercised with a, few, a pure heart and a right motive, these are taken out of this book. So there's a whole section on that in the back, many more. Uh, when exercised with a pure heart and a right motive, fasting may provide us with a key to unlock doors where other doors 
other keys have failed. A window opening up new horizons in the unseen world. A spiritual weapon of God's providing mighty power to the pulling down of strongholds. Arthur Wallace, page 215. Someone else said, fasting in, biblical, in, a, in the biblical sense is choosing not to partake of food. Please hear this. Choosing not to partake of food because your spiritual hunger is so deep. Your determination in intercession to in, is so intense, so intense, or your spiritual warfare so demanding that you have temporarily set aside even fleshly needs to give yourself to prayer and meditation and fasting. That's a powerful, powerful art. Peter Wagner, the fast involves an intentional practice of self-denial. This spiritual discipline has been known through the centuries as a means of opening ourselves to God and drawing closer to Him to the degree that fasting becomes more of a norm in our day-to-day Christian life as individuals and congregations, we will become more effective in spiritual warfare. Please hear that. To the degree that fasting becomes more of a norm in our day-to-day Christian lives as individuals and as a congregation for Jesus, we will become more effective in spiritual warfare. Yes, spiritual warfare is real. I sent out an email to a a good group of you uh, because I knew we needed prayer today. I walked in today and I knew immediately we were being attacked when they told me the sound system is not working. I wasn't surprised. This happened throughout my whole life when God brings, brings messages on revival, satanic messages against the enemy, messages on uh, identity of the individual, who we are in Christ. Those are messages the enemy hates to be preached in this church. And so the Lord helped, prompted me to start a prayer team surrounding these kind of messages in our church because there'll be more coming. And we need prayer for that. Martin Lloyd-Jones, as men and women are beginning to consider the days and times through which we are passing with a new seriousness, is this prophetic or what? As men and women are beginning to consider the days and times through which we are passing with a new seriousness, and as many as are beginning to look for revival and reawakening, the question of fasting has become more and more important. You want God to move? Yes, call upon the Spirit of the Lord. Ah, Don't leave out the biblical mandate, the biblical challenge regarding fasting. I was surprised who wrote this just because of his reputation. I often felt myself weak in the presence of temptation. I identify. And and, and I needed frequently to hold days of fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer for days and to spend much time in overhauling my own religious life in order to retain that communion communion with God and that hold upon the divine truth that would enable me efficiently to labor for the promotion of revivals of religion. Charles Finney. 
Charles Finney, the, 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 I mean, the, the father of preaching, the father of revival. That's who he was, known as the father of revival. It's a story about this man who walked into the home of a woman in the church who invited her to come and pray. She invited him for dinner. Her husband was an agnostic, true story. Her husband's an agnostic in the other room listening, watching a football game. He would not even want to come out, but she invited Charles Finney into a home to have dinner with her. And he begins to pray in that kitchen, begins to pray for the meal that they were about to have. And the husband in the other room heard the voice of God, repented of his sins through a prayer for a meal, and came into that kitchen weeping before the Lord, giving his life to Jesus. That's the kind of anointing this man had. 85% of the people who came to Christ in his ministry, 85% became servants of God in his church. He had a unique, powerful anointing. That's why when I read this, I looked again twice to make sure that this was Charles Finney. He was human like any of us. But he depended on the power of the Spirit of God, a man that fasted and prayed. Some of the things the Holy Spirit gave to me that morning, I want to read this to you. This was me that Monday morning. When you make a commitment to fast, and this was God speaking, there's no doubt about it. When you make a commitment to fast, you're inviting God, the Holy Spirit, to fight for you in the heavenlies during that time. When you make a commitment to fast, you're turning over a dish of food for Jesus. You're, you're inviting God, the Holy Spirit, to fight for you in the heavenlies during that time. You, however, are fighting the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6.12, 6, claiming God's word and promises for the particular situation at hand. Imagine that. When you make a commitment to fast, you're inviting the Spirit of the Lord to fight on your behalf with whatever it is that is weighing your heart, whether it's a surgery coming up, whether it's a spiritual warfare, whether it's a sexual issue, whether it's an issue with your wife or your husband or your family, whether it's an issue with uh, uh, your health issue or whatever it is, or if it's someone in the church or someone you know that is in desperate need of something more than just prayer. So while the Holy Spirit is fighting for you or someone you might be fasting for, you're uplifting the Word of God, upholding, claiming God's Word in battle form. Think about that. We don't fight against the devil. Listen, I've heard Christians say, I've been battling the devil all week long. You're, you're, you're not supposed to fight him. That's not your job. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. That's not your job. The battle is the Lord's. The spiritual battle is the Lord's. The battle that we're to fight is on our knees upholding his word, is lifting up and claiming, and Lord, you said, and Lord, you said, and Lord, you promised. That's why it's important to know his word. Lord, you said no temptation will come upon me beyond what I can bear. Lord, you're faithful to your word. You said that you forgive my sins. You said you empower me. You said you give me the strength. You said you give me the ability. You said you keep me going. You said you'd never leave me, is upholding his word. And when you're doing that, the Spirit of God is fighting on your behalf against spiritual forces that we can't even see. How dare we try to fight an enemy that we can't even see? Let God do that for you. Let Jesus answer the door when he knocks on that door. And so that Monday morning, after, after enjoying those wonderful moments with Jesus, 
after realizing the Holy Spirit visited me in my bed that morning and began to, to just, just pour words and pour words and pour words and give me words. Some of them you'll get to hear in time. I know who developed them into a message. But uh, on that morning, I was so excited. And several hours later, Jeremiah, my son, called me. And, 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 and he called me, and, and, and I just began to remind him of some of the things that God has told us about in this church. I said, Jeremiah, remember, remember that, that, remember, Jeremiah, remember that, remember that when times get ugly and gloomy and what's going on in our world and the fear of balloons in the air and the, the fear of the government and what's going on behind the scenes and underneath the tables and, and when we're all worried about the devil having his way, just remember that God, the Holy Spirit, comes to move. And, and I said, Jeremiah, he's here. He's here right now. He met me in my bed on that day, several hours before that. He met me uniquely. I said, he's here right now. It's not a matter of when he comes or that he's coming. He's here right now, and he's looking to do something. And I remember saying to him, the most important thing, Jeremiah, is that we are on his side because he's here. Are we on his side? I, I, I said, I, I want to be a part of what he's doing. If he's here, it's because he's about to do something. And I want to be on that side where God is doing something. And I hope the church, the Community Line Church, is ready for God to do something. Because he's here. It's not, it's not Lord, come and do. It's not, Lord, come and meet us. It's, it's, he's here already, ready to work and to move in our hearts and our lives, in our church. He's working. I don't know if anyone in here has realized that, but he's already working. He's saying things that are beginning to happen. He's saying things that have fallen into place. Think about some of the things he has said, and please be open for what's coming yet. He'll confirm his works by the works he declares before the, the words he declares before the works happen. That's how God works. So let's be in tune to what he's saying. And so I said, Jeremiah, we just got to be ready. We got to be ready. Find the prayer closet. Find that spot in your home, that, 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 that prayer chamber, that, that place where you meet with Jesus, the one that, that perhaps has uh, some spider webs forming there because you've not been there for a while. Find that place. Make that place. Seek his face. Open your heart. Surrender and allow him to have his way in your heart. He'll show up. He's faithful, church. He's working. He's at work. The Spirit of the Lord is at, at work. And so after I spoke to my son, the very next day, so that would be Tuesday, after I spoke to my son and after that spiritual, which has happened before, but it's just, it's been a while like that, that visitation, I get this text. I don't know who it was from to today. I know it was a 570, I know it was a 570 number. I mean, I even said, I don't know who you are, but please call me. Let's talk about this. This is the prayer. This is what it said. Hello, Pastor Jay. In case you don't know, there is a revival happening at Asbury College. My desire is to be a part of it, and please hear her heart. My desire is to get to be a part of it and to get my heart right with God. This is someone who's evidently been, our been in our church. I don't know who it is. I think it's a sheep, but I don't know who it is. 
I want to be a part of it, and I want to get my heart right with God. Please pray that the Holy Spirit does a real work in my heart and my life. I pray you and the church are doing well. I don't know who it was or who it is, but church, this was the very, very next day after he visited me on Monday morning in my bed. He confirmed, I'm here. I'm going to show you that I'm here. And I get this text. And then about an hour later, I open up my internet and, and I see that the Alliance, the Christian Missionary Alliance sent out a, an email. And in there, something to the effect, something going on in Asbury College. And it, it gripped my heart because when I was at Moody, the same thing happened the same way. At a chapel service, no one wanted to leave. There's a picture, and I have newspaper clippings on that, by the way. We were praying for revival for years. But there's a picture. You can Google it when you get home. And it shows this auditorium in Asbury College. It shows the typical Tuesday morning when they have their services in chapel. And it's empty. Within minutes after the closing prayer, it's empty. And then they show one next to that. And this is it today. And it's filled to overflowing with men and women crying out to God. I wanted to read some things to you from this that is happening. A Christian service at a college chapel in Kentucky has ballooned into a nonstop prayer and worship session that some are calling a revival. And people are traveling thousands of miles to take part in it after seeing viral videos on TikTok. There are now over 55 million viewers. Get this. I last noticed that on hashtag dot Asbury Revival, there are 727.8 million viewers. Is God moving in our world? Did he mention that before? Did he mention anything about that when we spoke about Second Chronicles 7.14? That if a group of people in one place begin to seek the face of God and, 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 and repent of their sins and invite God to have his way, can God touch through that group of people places throughout the world where they travel to? Do you remember that? Think about this. The growing event started at a routine chapel service at Asbury University, a small Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky, according to university employees. At the tail end of the meeting, a couple dozen lingering students assembled informally in a gathering that has been going on for seven days. It's more than that now. Straight for 24 hours. Hallelujah. God is moving. He's here, church. Please hear this. The setup is simple. No projector screens or high-tech integrations. Just wooden sanctuary chairs filled with people and an open altar call with an invitation to prayer that still has not come to an end. Many attendees of the Asbury gathering say they were drawn by a spiritual presence that they felt was in the event. Hallelujah. Who knows who that presence was? They felt a spiritual presence that may not even have been invited there. But people are praying for a move of God, right? We're praying for a move of God. And God began to that morning enter into that sanctuary and begin a work. And it's moving, church. In the TikTok videos of the event, some people are seen crying to worship music with hands extended high while other groups up in places other group up in places and place their hands on those that are seeking prayer 
the response of many TikTokers has gone beyond the typical like or comment on the videos, which in some cases has stirred viewers to make the trek to Asbury for themselves. Tuesday night capped the largest crowd, yet 3,000 worshipers pled, piled into the college chapel, and four, over, four overflowed facilities throughout the college town. At least two-thirds of the attendees are from out of state, according to Brown. Two-thirds. I heard yesterday that it's now a half a mile outside of the sanctuary, half a mile of people waiting to get in. God is moving. And he's moving because he's here. And he's moving because there is a desperate need for a godly visitation in a time where everything seems so bleak and so hopeless. That's when he comes most. Students and staff from 22 schools have visited so far alongside groups from Hawaii to Massachusetts. University faculty said travelers from Singapore and Canada are expected to arrive soon, they added. This is acoustic guitars, pianos, and very non-charismatic speakers. This is an unsensational, unsensationalized as it could be. This is a move of God. This is not people manufacturing or, or micromanaging God. This is a move of the Spirit of the Lord moving in this campus and other campuses. Be careful, be you. Be careful because he's here. Pray for those Christian gatherings because he is here. The Spirit of God is moving and he wants to move in our hearts and in our lives. I want to just give you a quick thing. At Moody, we had this and it went on for weeks and we had Wheaton College and colleges going on all over. Um, I have newspaper clippings of what happened there. When God moves like this, something happens. However, the ones who brought this to an end, who brought that revival to an end was the staff of the school. You know why? After three weeks or so, they began to hear testimonies of people crying out, weeping before God, confessing sins, sins, and letting it all at the altar. Lord, I surrender this habit. I surrender this habit, habits that made the leadership uncomfortable. Perhaps because some of them were struggling with the same things, and they didn't want to confess it in front of the students because they would look bad. When revival comes, he pours out what's inside. We don't control that. And I want to make a prophecy right now. Think about this. When this revival comes to an end right now in Asbury, watch out for the government. Watch out for the leaders of our country. I believe that people going in there, and I encourage you to please pray, there are people going in there, not just, there's, the majority is going in there to receive from God, but there's some going in there to criticize and to knock and to speak bad about. And I believe in the name of Jesus that some of those people that go in there with ill intentions can be touched by the Spirit of God. And I prayed for that last night that the one who is in to take notes and to write about all this thing that is going on, this emotionalism and this push for God that is unreal and untrue, that as they're writing down, as I was thinking last night, as Josh McDowell, right, Josh McDowell and, 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 and many others who set out to prove that God was not real. C.S. Lewis, Frank Robinson, Frank Robertson, Frank Morrison, 
who all went out to prove that God is not real and that the Bible is not true and that there is no such thing as the resurrection, all came to Jesus. When you entangle yourself with the Spirit of the Lord, anything can happen. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for this movement at Asbury College? Just remember I told you that when it's all over and done, there will be the critics to throw water on the flames. But the work already began. God is in the move. Amen? Church, I want to say this from all my heart. I want you to know right now, in the name of Jesus, those that are hearing online, I want you to know right now, it's not a matter of if he comes. It's not a matter of when he comes or when he's coming. He is here right now. He's here to move. He's in our sanctuary. He's in our church. He wants to visit our homes. He wants to, to, to revive our prayer closets. He wants to revive our spiritual passions. He wants to move in our hearts and move in our lives. He wants to wake up the sleepy church. He wants to move in revival fire. He wants to move in his power. He wants to move in your life. And if you're here today, maybe, maybe you don't even believe. Maybe you're not even expecting this. Maybe this is not what you planned for today. I want you to know that he's here to minister to your heart right now. He's calling upon you. Reach out to him today in the name of Jesus. Call upon him. Invite him into your heart. Invite him into your life. Allow him to do what he wants to do, to be who he wants to be. Tell him what he's telling you to tell him. Surrender it to him today in, in Jesus' name. Give it to Christ in Jesus' name. Every weakness, every struggle, give it to Jesus. Holy Spirit of the Lord, I invite you to guide. I, I invite you to move. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you see every heart and, and you see every life. I thank you that you know every weakness and you know every struggle and you know every trap of the devil. You know every wall that he's built up of unbelief, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you would break down that wall and that she would hear the voice of Jesus that he would hear the voice of Jesus. I'm here. I know your weakness. I, I know your struggle. I know what you're wrestling with. I know about the answers you haven't received. I know about the questions. I know about the what ifs. I know about the pain. I know. I know what you did. I know. I remember. I know. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I want to embrace you. I want to love you. I want you to know how important you are to me. I died for you. I'm here to set you free. I'm here to break the shackles. I'm here to open the gates. I'm here to show you my glory. I'm here to become one with you. Invite me, invite me, invite me in. I want to be a part of your life. I think God has spoken to some of us. I think, I think God's Spirit has spoken to us. I just want you to stand 
if he said something to you. I just want you to stand. This is not about numbers. I'm not even going to open my eyes. I want you to stand in reverence to God. I want you to stand in reverence to the Spirit of the Lord. Father, give my sister Patty the strength, the mindset to continue this ministry in the name of Jesus. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to minister. I pray you finish the work you came to do, the work you've begun, that you'd finish it, that you'd quicken it, that you'd motivate that heart. I declare freedom for this person, for this people. I want you to stand if he's telling you to stand. This has nothing to do with me. I don't even want to look in your face. This is you and Jesus. I want you to stand if he's spoken to you. He's spoken to you. If he's spoken to you about your devotional life or your prayer life. If he spoke to you about fasting. If he's spoken to you about a health issue in your life. There's a health issue. There's a health issue in your life that he wants to break you out of. He wants to bring you through it. There's an issue in your life. There's an issue in your life that has to do with something that happened a long, long time ago. <laughs> Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. It's His. It's His. He went to the cross for that. Give it to Jesus. I declare freedom. Freedom over captivity. Freedom over our past in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for Calvary. I bind the forces of evil, the father of lies and deception. Release every hold in the name of Jesus. Release that hold in Jesus' name. Let go. You have no, no. Take your claws off the child of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's an issue of unforgiveness. There's an issue of unforgiveness. Something that you're holding on for years that's depriving you, my sister, my brother, of encountering the power of a forgiving God in your life. Give it to Jesus. The Holy One of Israel died to set captives free. And in that death, forgave all who turned to him. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. She's hurt you. He's hurt you. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. There's fear. There's worry. There's fear. There's worry in your heart about your future. Give it to Jesus. Don't worry about tomorrow. 
tomorrow will take care of itself. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. There's a spirit of lax, lackadaisicalness, resting too much, not taking the cohorts for Christ, not living triumphantly. Give it to Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, I commit to you myself, my leadership, my brothers and sisters, anyone visiting our church today, those listening online, those in captivity online, those who don't go to church because of something that someone did to them, and yet in their hearts they claim to know Jesus. I pray freedom. I pray victory. I pray deliverance. Those being trapped right now as we speak, trapped with the confusion of sexual identity in the name of Jesus. Surrounded by it by social media. Surrounded by it by friends and neighbors and people. In the name of Jesus, give it to Jesus. Set the captives free, Jesus. Bring newness of life. Change our thoughts, change our minds, change our desires. We bring them to you, O oh God. We pray for a spiritual breakthrough and a spiritual deliverance. Holy Spirit of God, we invite you, Lord of the Community Alliance Church. We invite you, Lord, over every pew to be filled. We invite you, Lord, over every man, woman, every son and daughter, over every husband and wife. We invite you to be Lord over, to control, to take charge, and we pray for freedom and deliverance in your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please stand as we sing our closing song.
And on that day we join the resurrection And stand beside the heroes of the faith With one voice a thousand generations Sing worthy is the Lamb who was slain And on that day Join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith. With one voice, a thousand generations sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. church so let it be today we shout the hymn of heaven with angels and the saints we raise a mighty roar glory to our God who gave us life beyond the grave holy holy is the Lord so let sit for a moment let's close in prayer uh, I, I, I just know that the Spirit of God spoke to a few today I, I want you to know that I'm opening this pulpit right now I'm opening if anyone needs to talk with God you need to talk with God the Spirit of God has met you in any way today if he said anything in the prayers that he prayed a little while ago he spoke to you about something I'm opening this pulpit just come on up and seek his face just seek his face listen forget about everything and everyone if he spoke to you if he put something upon your heart, if he spoke to you about knowing him and encountering him and drawing close to him and, and fighting the good fight and calling upon him in your life, if he spoke to you about something of your past, come on up and meet him. He's here today to meet you. He's here today to speak to you. He's here today to, to embrace you and to comfort you and to calm you and, and to guide you. And I invite you to do that today in Jesus' name. I didn't want to leave that out. I know it's his will to mention that. So I invite you to the front even now to pray. We have some people to pray for you. Just come on up. In the name of Jesus. Church, be praying in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church, be praying in Jesus' name. If you know God wants you up here, call the devil a lie and come up and get some prayer. Get some prayer. Think it to Jesus. 
the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy whatever he said to you today, the Lord, by the time you walk out that door, it'll be snatched right out of you. Bring it to Jesus now. In the name of Jesus, I invite you to come on up. Church, be praying. Spirit of the Lord, I invite you to, to finish the work that you've began here, Lord. Holy Spirit, I brought your word. You brought your word. In Jesus' name, I pray for myself and I pray for the church. And I pray, Spirit of God, that you would, you would continue that work right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. If no one feels led, I want to ask two pastors to come up here and pray for me because I'll be the first one at this pulpit. I need Pastor Dave and I need Pastor Al to come and join me and pray for me. I need someone to pray for my sister Heather. Yeah, the hardest thing, the hardest thing when God comes is to surrender to his presence because we're afraid of what he's going to say through us. And as long as we're afraid of that, he stays outside. So if you're here today and you know God wants to meet you, if you're here today and you know you're going through battles and you have been in, and you've been wondering why, why it keeps happening, let God do business with you this morning. Anyone else, I need these two pastors to come and join us for prayer. Anyone else, if you need to be up here, please call the devil a liar. Make sure it's not the Spirit of God telling you you don't need. Please hear this. Make sure it's not the Spirit of God telling you you don't need to meet me today. If it's the devil saying you don't need to go up there, you don't need to be prayed for, you're fine. Call him a liar. If the Spirit of God has spoken to you, I invite you to come up. Church, be praying. Yes, there is opposition. There is a stronghold. Church, be praying. I rebuke every hold and every lie and every deception, every stronghold of Satan in the name of Jesus. I bind by the authority of the power of Jesus. You've been defeated and you have no place in this gathering. In Jesus' name, I rebuke your activities and intentions. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to have your way in my heart and our hearts this morning. Don't let it get away, church. If the Spirit of the Lord has met you this morning, don't leave without seeking His face as He has consecrated this altar for this purpose. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Even as we pray up front, even as we pray up front, if you know you need to be up here, please come on up. Pastors, would you pray for me? I confess, I declare, I need Jesus. I confess, I declare, I, I, I need his fullness. I confess, I declare, I fall short. I confess, I, I declare, I need to depend on him more. I confess, I declare, I have not attained. I'm, I'm still being worked on. Would you pray for me? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we lift up our 
Mm. We pray that you will continue mm. to anoint him and mm. do him afresh, oh Lord God, from mm. the top of his head to the bottom mm. of his feet. Continue mm. to fill him, Lord, from heaven with the holy mm. waters of life, Lord God, that mm. the rivers of living water will overflow. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And power. Fill in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, glory, thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus, 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 your way, not mine, not mine, not mine, yours, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 Glory. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. To your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. In Jesus' name, Jesus, 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 hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, I praise you, Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, I praise you, Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, I praise you, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You were not in the... Jesus. This was not in the wind or the earthquake. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for speaking to Pastor Jay. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here today, listen, please hear me. Please hear God. If you need prayer, come on up. This is your moment. This is your moment. 
Maybe you're here and you've never ever given your life to Jesus. He's a religious figure. You've heard the word, you've heard the messages, but you've never said, Jesus, come and take hold. Take precedence in my heart. Maybe you're here and you've never ever done that. That's not sufficient. It's not sufficient to hear about Jesus. It's not sufficient to be conscious of him. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I, I want to do it. I, I want to give my life to him. If he's real, that he'd show himself. If he's real, I open my heart to him. If he's real, that he'd reveal himself to me. I open my heart. It starts with the heart. When your heart and not your garments. It starts with the heart. If you've never done it, would you open your heart to Jesus today? If you're battling with sin, if you're battling with struggle, if your devotional life is half-hearted, if you're not consistent in spending time with Jesus, if, if your prayer life is stale, if you don't hear from the word, if you're not receiving, if, you're, if his word is boring to you, would you come up and pray? He wants to break that from you today. <laughs> you know who you are. If he's calling you to pray, come and pray. Revive your prayer life. Revive your time in the Word. Seek His face. Husbands, wives, your home, your family, your children, your marriage, your workplace. You're surrounded by lost people, some of you. Seek His face. Seek His face. He wants to break this in your life. Seek His face. I invite you to call upon the Lord Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're seated or standing around me somewhere and you need prayer, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? Servants, be watching. Would you raise your hand right now? You raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. You need someone to pray for you. Raise your hand. The Holy Spirit is here to pray for you. The Holy Spirit is here to lay hands on you. Raise your hand in Jesus' name. Raise your hand. Someone need prayer, raise your hand, and someone please go next to them and just pray. Just pray. Just pray. God knows. Just pray. God came. He's here to, to break. He's here to, to break through. He's here to break down the walls. He's here to bring restoration. He's here to unction, to provide the unction, the strength, the power. He's here to break from sexual holds. He's here to break you from mediocrity. He's here to break the holds and the lies of the devil. He's here to change lives, church. He doesn't call us to religion, but to a relationship with him. Raise your hand. Step up front. Seek his face. Forget what he says or what she says. Forget it who's looking at you. This is you and God. This is you and the Holy Spirit. Seek his face this morning. Church, he's not finished with what he wants to do. And sometimes we're the biggest obstacle. It's not the devil. Let's stop blaming the devil. We're the biggest obstacle of a move of God in our lives. Seek his face this morning. Seek his face. Seek his face. You have talents. You have gifts, abilities given by God to be used. And they're lying dormant. Seek his face. 
Revival is at hand, church. His spirit is at hand. His spirit is here to move, church. Why are you here this morning? Why did he supersede and make sure you were here this morning? Why didn't the others come? Why you? Seek his face. Seek his face. Seek his face. Father, we thank you and we bless you for your grace and love. Spirit of the Lord, hallelujah to your name. Spirit of the Lord, we bless you. Spirit of the Lord, we worship you. Spirit of the Lord, we give glory to Jesus. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your visitation. We thank you for the work that you're doing. We thank you. I, I, I see it. I see, I see it. Spirit of God, I see a bag full of things you want to do in your church. Their names, their names, their names in that bag of people in this church with things he wants to do in their lives. I see that, Jesus. I see that, Spirit of the Lord. Do that work in us. Come against every lie and every trap in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I present before you your people. I present before you this person and that person and that family. I present before you this struggle and this issue. I present it before you. You've addressed it. You've addressed it. Jesus, would you break through the hard hearts? My son, give me your heart. My daughter, give me your heart. Surgery is necessary. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in Jesus' name. We praise you. We thank you. Sanctify this altar. Sanctify this pulpit. Sanctify the microphones. Sanctify the, 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 the pews. Sanctify the entrance to our door. Post guardian angels around this place. Holy Spirit, bring cleansing. Holy Spirit, bring renewal. Holy Spirit, break, break the yoke of captivity in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray for a spirit of a passion for your word. I pray for a spirit of a passion for prayer to fall upon this church. That this church would grow with men and women seeking the face of God in the name of Jesus. I pray for a spirit of fasting and, and praying and seeking your face and weeping before the Lord. I pray that you would shine your flashlight into our hearts and that we would be able to determine and to seek what is no good and to bring it to Jesus, that we would be uncomfortable, that we would be griefed, that we would carry the burden of the Lord for our lives in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We invite you, Lord. Move in his heart, move in her, move in mine, move in the hearts of this leadership, move in our hearts, remove everything that has to do with past experiences in your church. You are doing a new thing. I praise you for your grace and for your love, and we leave it at the altar right now. We leave it at the altar. We leave it at the altar. We leave ill feelings. We leave unforgiveness. We leave issues from the past we leave struggles at the altar we leave worry and we leave doubt at the altar we leave, leave have heartedness at the altar 
We leave the lack of a passion for your word at the altar. It's about your word. We leave prayerlessness, a lack of fasting, a lack of commitment. We leave unforgiveness. We leave a lack of evangelism and passionate or passion for lost people at the altar. We leave it with you, Jesus. We leave depending on self. We leave selfishness. We leave pride at the altar in the name of Jesus. We leave doubt. We, we leave our pains and our struggles. We leave our health at the altar. We leave it at the altar. It's in your hands. The aches of our bodies, the pains of our bodies, what the doctors have declared, what the doctors have said, we leave it at the altar because you're the Lord of our lives. You will give wisdom. You'll give guidance. You'll lead us through that, dear Jesus. We leave all of that that has kept us from growing and experiencing and encountering and serving and, and walking with Jesus. We leave it at the altar that the weight of all that garbage, satanic packages that he throws at us, we leave it with Jesus. Calvary has set us free. And we praise you and we thank you and we invite you to be the Lord of this sanctuary the Lord of our membership, the Lord of those that are attending your church. We commit them, every one, to you. We commit every heart and the condition thereof to you, the plans and the workings of your spirit to you, O oh God. And we praise you and thank you for your grace and your visitation. And we anticipate and are waiting for it, a longing, and we know it's going to visit some of us in our homes, in our prayer closets. The deeper moves of God for the glory of Jesus. In his name we pray. Everybody say amen. Thank you. Thank you for praying.